Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Matt Hudson. Um, 24 years old. Been goalkeeper at Preston for 10 years. Um, started at the academy from the age of 13 and and I worked my way up through the age groups and then um, been a professional with the first team for about six years. So um, released in the summer, um, just recently signed for Buxton in the National League North to try and start getting back on my on my career path and build my way up, get some games. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Matt, thanks very much for joining me. I know we tried to do this maybe two years ago, three years ago, uh, and we got stopped in our tracks, didn't we? Did yeah. Yeah, you're you're a local-ish lad, aren't you? Uh, Southport, Southport lad. How did you yeah. how did you get into football? Was it just the same as most kids sort of do, where you join your local yeah. grassroots team and go from there? Yeah, pretty much. Just kicking the ball in the back garden with my granddad, and then. Kind of, I was taking shots at him, and then next minute he was taking shots at me, and then it kind of just went from there. And he he was like, "Oh, you know what? You're good." And I was quite tall at the time, and he just he managed to sort me out um, playing for the local team, which was Southport Yellows. Uh, so I was playing for Southport, but I never really, I was never really into football at the time. To be honest, I never really, I was just kind of with my granddad kicking the ball in the back garden, and then. Um, it just kind of progressed from there. I just went to like the summer camps in like the half terms and stuff as you do. And then um, one of the coaches there said, uh, oh, the local team, Southport, needs a keeper. Would you fancy playing? And they went and played. And I think they obviously liked me. I must have done all right. And then, yeah, um, just playing Sunday League. Absolutely loved it. Um, playing against all your mates, playing with your mates as well. And yeah, it's a good laugh. It's, they're the good memories that I've got from Sunday League, really. Um, and then coming to Preston, it was we were playing in the Lancashire Cup against Tarleton, and there was one of the um, one of the lads at, at Preston's academy, uh, Harris Labry. His dad, Martin Labry, was a scout, um, so he was at this game, um, and I must have done, obviously must have done well in this game against Tarleton. And he's um, he just approached me mum after the game and just said, you know, um, is that your son? And she said, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he said, oh, I'd really like what I saw there. I'd like to invite him in for a trial. Um, so, yeah, so next minute I was having a trial with Preston, then it'd be six weeks at uh, at Springfields, um, which is where the academy used to train. The goalkeepers used to train there, like a Wednesday. It was like a Wednesday and Friday evenings. Um, meant to be a six-week trial, and after two weeks, Jack Goodworth, the uh, academy coach at the time, 
offered me a contract, and that, and that was that was that really. That's how I was in at the academy. So, yeah. So no, um, I know there's like, a lot of players will go through that. Like I um, started as a as a winger or a forward, and then worked my way back. Yeah. Were you always a keeper? Yeah, I was always a keeper. Yeah, um, always played in goal, but. I think I remember a few times in in primary school and high school. I used to have to uh, fake that I had a, like a, a finger injury, like a thumb injury, because I sometimes I wanted to play out out of goal. But I think because I was that I was that decent for the school, um, I had to make an excuse up to kind of come out of goal, um, and that was uh, that obviously proved that I must have been half decent because they constantly wanted me to go in goal. Sometimes it's a bad thing, but I think in this case it was pretty. It's quite a good thing, to be fair. Yeah, it's worked out all right for you, hasn't it? Yeah, as yeah, it's, like I say, it's, didn't expect to get obviously so far and and keep going like year after year at Preston. It was something that I never would have, you know, never would have dreamt of, especially at like thirteen. Because, like I say, at that time I wasn't a hundred percent into football. I used to watch it all the time, but you know, if I would have said now that I would have been a professional footballer for that long, I would have. You know, bit your hand off, hundred percent. What was it? What was it like joining the academy? Obviously, I, I assume you were, would have worked with Fenners and uh, Nick and yeah, a few others on on the staff as well over the years. Jack Goodworth, you mentioned. What What was it like, sort of going yeah. from that, like that grassroots environment, that Sunday league environment, to coming into the pre- professional environment and having to sort of adapt to that and, and change and get to grips with it? I guess. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, like I say, I think. Every young lad kind of dreams of being at an academy. You, you see it now. You you know all lads kind of say, "Oh, I'd love to be at an academy." You know, talking about this player and that player, or whatever. But yeah, it was just totally different. Um, getting looked after so well. You know, you get your kit, you get it washed for you. Um, you're getting first class coaching. Um, off some of the best coaches there, like you say, that are still there, such as Nick Harrison, Fenners, um, Jack Goodworth was a great great coach for me over the years so yeah it's just kind of getting that training and every every week you're coming into training although it was the drive to Preston not as far for me as what it was some some other lads in some cases um you know that you're going to be getting first class coaching and it's only going to be making you better which over the years it has, it's definitely improved my game 100% and it helps you kind of respect academy a little bit more and also respect gra- grassroots because you know, players have to work so hard to kind of get that chance. So I think when you do get it, it's important that you do try and grasp it with both hands. How how much was there a change when you when you made the step up to the academy and you, you left the grassroots scene behind? Was it was there a period of sort of like you needing to adapt? Well, I guess there probably wasn't if you were in on a six-week trial and you got offered mm-hmm. uh, a contract after two. I, I assume that like, some some kids might sort of go into themselves and go into the shell a little bit moving into that sort of environment but I guess obviously it was somewhere that you you flourished and presumably enjoyed yeah really enjoyed it like I say because it was only so, such a short trial it was kind of a case of at that age as well you just you're straight in you've got games every weekend you know you're going to be getting it's not like now whereas you some when you get older, you're uncertain whether you're going to be playing or not. You know, at that age, you're going to be playing week in, week out against all these local teams, like your Oldhams, Wrexhams, all the people in your local league. Um, and 
it's at that age it's just a case of enjoying it and just you know just keep progressing and if it works it works if it doesn't then you know you just crack on and, and deal with it but you know it did work for me it, it just kind of kept going and kept training every week um never used to miss any training sessions used to absolutely love being there <clears throat> um training with all the other keepers because with the keepers at the academy you, you train with all the age groups so the younger ones um and the older ones so you kind of get a little bit of a gauge of what all the different keepers are like which was quite good too um so that's also something that i enjoyed as well the coaching side of it what what were the lads in the academy like at the time when you were there was there anyone that sort of came through over the years with you and then made the step up into the first team or were you sort of like one of the only ones yeah um it was more what at my age i when i was under 15 16s i used to be pushed to go in and train with the 18s quite a lot so we used to um we used to have the day release program which was obviously where you left uh, you missed half a day of high school which obviously buzzing about anyway because you're missing school to go and play footy um to go and do your day release but obviously the youth team are training as well um the under 18s they i think they will have been at yeah they will have been at the sports arena at uplan so i was actually in with them quite a lot um which would have been like ben davis's age group um so yeah, obviously that group had some really good players. You had Ben Davis, Josh Brownhill, who's obviously gone to be a really good player. Um, so I think, don't get me wrong, at that at that age, you you're nervous because you train with lads who are two years older. They're out of school now. They're kind of progressing. They're starting to progress their footballing careers, and I'm still in school doing my GCSEs, but I'm training with them as well. So quite a nerve wracking experience, but again something that definitely made me a lot better and you have to say you know kind of thanks to Nick and Fenners for giving me that chance to push and, and train with the older lads and it obviously shows that they saw something in me to push me on to be able to train with that age yeah I guess <laughs> on, on the one hand you're probably thinking about like your revision and your GCSEs that you've got coming up and then on the other hand you're thinking like I've got yeah. a, I've got a real opportunity to, to actually make a career yeah. out of football um i guess yeah it'll probably push you on won't it and and make you think you, you know what I, I i want i want this i want to i want to make it because you like you say you're looking at the likes of ben davis josh brownhill who <clears throat> are sort of starting on their footballing ladder and it, it's something to aim yeah. for isn't it yeah i think when i when i was seeing that like you say at the time i'm i'm kind of still in school but when you're going in to train with the youth team, you're seeing them all together, how kind of close they are. They're all living together in the digs. They're all having a laugh together, um, just playing football with each other every day. And you're thinking, oh, you know what, I'd love to do this. Because um, sometimes before the games, I used to go and stay in the digs um, on a Friday night with the lads. And this was, like I said, I would have only been 15, 16 at the time. But that was Jack Goodworth that used to push me to do that. And I wouldn't have even been playing the youth team the next day. I used to just go and travel with them and, and kind of sit on the bench for them just to kind of get the, the youth team experience. Um, and yeah, just being in there on like a Friday night, seeing what they get up to. They're all, you know, playing Xbox together, watching telly, um, just seeing how they kind of prepare for a game. It's, even at that age, it was, was brilliant for me. It kind of gave me that platform to to say, yeah, you know what, I really want to be a part of this and and 
kind of get that scholarship. And, and luckily, that's what I went on to do. Yeah, 2014, wasn't it, that you signed, signed with the club? Yeah. Sort of yeah. like pro, pro, yeah. pro deal, I guess, was it? Or was it your, no, it was your scholarship, wasn't it? No. So I just got my two-year scholarship first. And then it was when, it wasn't until after I'd made my debut at Leeds that that was when the club then offered me a, me a professional deal because it was me and Clive Smith, if you remember, right at the same right. time. They've yeah, got, yeah. both got offered, um, I think it was 18-month deals because we signed them in the January, which would have been my second-year scholar. I guess looking back then, you, you, you're on a scholarship. The last thing you're expecting is to come on for Jordan Pickford against Leeds. At <laughs> it was at Ellen yeah. Road as well, wasn't it? Yeah, at Ellen Road, yeah. Um, yeah, again, like, just couldn't have even guessed it. But it was actually before that where I actually got my first taste of it. Um, FA Cup, wasn't it? I was it? on the bench for the FA Cup game, yeah, yeah. away at Sheffield United. Um, and I think I was 16. And obviously that's obviously a very young age for any goalkeeper. Um, so I was a, yeah, first-year scholar, Um and that would have been Alan Kelly that would have been pushing and pushing me. So he will have seen me and spoke to Nick and Fenners about, you know, Nick and Fenners might have said, oh, got this keeper in the youth team. He's pretty decent, you know, come and have a look in. So I think from what I remember, I will have trained with the first team a few times as well once I've gone into my scholarship. And that's where Kells probably would have looked at me and gone, oh, yeah, you know what, he's, he's all right. He's, he's got a bit. So I think there was an opportunity that came up Um I remember it quite well, actually, because I remember Nick Harrison rang my mum and me and my mum went, we were in the, so I was staying in the digs at the time, so my mum's come up to the digs and uh, Nick sat me and my mum down in the kind of the front room with Mick and Joan, who who look after the lads at the digs, um, and he's gone, right, I've got some uh, I've got some news for you. And he said, uh, you're going to be on the bench tomorrow for the first team uh, away at Sheffield United. And... Um, yeah, my mum kind of just looked at me in like shock. She was like, "Oh my god!" She like couldn't believe it. And Mick and Mick and Joan, you could tell that they already knew because um, they they were all like dead excited as as they are when when any of their lads kind of gets a chance in the first team, they're, they're buzzing. Um, so yeah, from that moment, it was like, make sure you get an early night and make sure you're ready. Don't be uh, don't be up playing Xbox with the lads all night, pretty much. Um, how so, do yeah, you anyway sort of like as like you say as a you're a teenager, how do you mentally like yeah. prepare for that? I don't know, honestly. I think it's more just a case of not letting that just kind of going with it. I think the fact that I wasn't playing was a bit better. I was on the bench, I knew that I was going to warm up and I just had to be ready if, if anything happened. And after that first experience, it then get it, I had that first one. I knew what it was like then to go and be on the bench and, you know, just be ready for a game. And, um, you know, the Leeds one came about, I've said this a few times, it was just really strange because I was I was travelling with the first team at the time. I wasn't actually playing for the youth team because I used to travel with the first team because they used to like that third goalkeeper going and doing the warm-up and getting the experience and stuff, which at that time was amazing. Um, so Chris Kirkman woke up with a bad back and... Um, and he was also a bit ill as well. So he rang in sick on the morning of the game. So couldn't make the game. So all of a sudden I was on the bench away at Leeds. I think 
and like say at, at the time I think I was all right because I'd, I'd had that experience at Sheffield United it wasn't really a don't think it was a big problem um but obviously you never as a goalkeeper and you've sat in on, sitting on the bench you're never expecting to get on it's only worst case scenario if you know keepers ill in the warm-up or keeper gets injured or and in this case sent off and yeah, he obviously got sent off half an hour in and before I knew it, I was just on the pitch and, yeah, didn't look back. Did, did you have much time to sort of, like, compute what was actually going on? Like, fucking hell, I'm making, I'm making my debut here. Like, this is... No, not at all. It was more, literally, the lads were like, right, you need, you're going to need to go out here and get yourself warm. Um, you could be off. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd gone out. I didn't even get a bid because I didn't even know that's what you had to do at the time. I was just, I was literally straight out. Um, and then before I knew it, I was just getting, doing some stretches. And then I saw the refs, uh, he put a red up. I was like, all oh, right, I'm, I'm on it. I'm going to have to get back in and, uh, you know, actually get me, get me gloves on. I was like, what's going on here? So yeah, I'd, I'd actually, I was ready to go on. And then before the board even went up, I'd actually ran onto the pitch, obviously, because I had no experience of waiting for the board to go up. I was on. And then I'd had to come all the way back. And obviously, all the Leeds fans were cheering at that. And, and that, that was quite a nerve wracking one. Um, but yeah, I came running onto the pitch and straight away I could hear all the Preston fans clapping and, and getting behind me. So that was obviously nice to hear. And then, um, I could hear all the way throughout the game. It was England's number two. That was the shout. Because obviously you used to give pickers the England's number one shout. Um, so yeah, hearing England's number two was was special. Yeah. Did, what what was the score of that game? Did it finish? Well, beat one nil. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Well, Brownie did me a Brownie done me a nice one and put an own goal past me, didn't he? he put, yeah, that was it. it. Lads crossed it in. Yeah. 46th minute and then Brownie's just decided to nod one in the own net so yeah <laughs> they're always thanking for that one yeah cheers Alan um, yeah you, you've obviously talk about Pickford there you work with a lot of other keepers uh, that have sort of yeah come and gone over the years like Anders Lindegaard Chris Kirkland Sam Johnston um, obviously Pickford mm. Michael Crow, uh, Declan Rudd uh, who else was there yeah Maxi, Maxwell, uh, Connor Ripley, and obviously Dan Dan Iverson last season. Uh, yeah, all different in their own right. Mm. But who who sort of stood out to you the most? Who were the ones that you look back sort of the most fondly on working with? I think the ones that obviously stand out would be Pickford, Sam Johnston, and Dan last year, and and Deck. I'd say Deck for obviously you know what he's done and kind of not just on the pitch for deck, but off the pitch, he helped me a lot because there's a lot of times when he was in and out of the team with Maxi. If you remember, there was that season where it was a bit up and down between them two, but he always kind of stuck behind me and pushed me on. I'm still keeping contact with him now. So, yeah. But the, like you say, all different keepers, I've been really lucky to kind of work with each of them. Um, and not just keepers, keeper coaches as well. I've had a fair few of them, but not just your odd ones that you've never heard of. I mean, these are top 40 goalkeeper coaches that, you know, everyone in football will have heard of at some point. So, yeah, yeah you've, I've you've been really with... blessed, to be fair, to be able to work with Yeah, you you worked with Mike Pollitt, obviously, quite recently, and then Kells before that. Um, Jack Goodworth, obviously another one that came up to the first team, but you'll obviously know him from, from the academy as well. Um, 
How how does yeah. it work? And then we had Jonathan Gould. Oh yeah. He, did he move to America Dean, or Australia Dean or something Kyle, like that? New Zealand he went to, yeah. That was it, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about Dean Kiley. Yeah. Very that pleased. was um, very short-lived, wasn't it? Yeah, very short because he... Uh, I loved Dean Kiley. He was great. He was great with me. Um, but then I think he got a call from Roy Hodgson at Palace and that's obviously where he's gone on to and you know, when when a Premier League team like Palace comes calling, there's no chance you're saying no to that, really. So it's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really have any qualms about that, can you? Um, obviously, yeah. as well, work, worked under a lot of different managers: uh, Simon Grace and Alex Neil, Frankie and uh, Ryan Lowe. What what was it like coming into pre-season? You you getting ready for the start of the season? Well, the start of pre-season, sorry. And then you hear that the gaffer's gone to Sunderland like, what, what are you thinking mm. at that point that was strange um, especially for me because I was only probably a young inexperienced keeper at that point um, but also at the same time it was Grayson that had kind of pushed me to be with the first team you could tell that if a chance was going to come it was probably under him I would have felt um, you know after He'd seen me play at Leeds, done okay. Um, he'd obviously heard things about the um, about how I'd done with the youth team, um, FA Youth Cup, things like that. So, yeah, I think if there was going to be any sort of chances of, of getting any sort of game time, it might have been under him. Whether it would have been that season or you know season seasons after that, who knows? But yeah, it was a, obviously a strange one because it was him and um, Glenn Snodden, who was obviously a really good coach as well. Um, and yeah, I remember on on the day we just had a meeting, and then um, next minute it, it was just you know Simon's off to Sunderland, and the gaff has gone, um, and then I think it was quite pretty soon it was Alex Neil that came in. So yeah, it was a quite a swift turnaround, really. Yeah, I think it was like it was a few days, maybe a week tops, wasn't it, between Simon going and and Alex coming in? Um, yeah. How yeah. different were the two managers um, obviously Alex came in with Frankie and Simon had Snods in terms of a number two I've heard a lot from different people that Snods was like he was great around the place like always mm. up for a laugh but was always sorry could always be like quite strict as well like would yeah. always know when to sort of put you in your place kind of thing. So how how different was mm. Alex to Simon, but also Snods to, to Frankie? Yeah, I think, um, like you say, I think when Alex Neil came in, it just kind of changed the place a bit. It was a lot more kind of tactics-based. He obviously had his way of playing. Um, the meetings went from maybe 10 minutes under Grayson to, you know, 45-minute meetings on, on the opposition. Um, you know, totally different kind of way of playing. He had his own way, um, which worked as well. We kind of did well. And then, um, yeah, I think the, the lads seemed to kind of get around him and we did have a really good go. We had a really good team at that point. Obviously, we had Callum Robinson. We still had um, Jordan Hugill for a brief spell. So we had a good team at that point. And I think, you know, if we were to really push on then, we, we probably did have a good chance of getting in the playoffs there. Um but yeah, it was just unfortunate and chops and changes. And then obviously by the time when Alex Neil left, it was then 
Frankie's there. Um, and yeah, again, just totally different managers. Frankie kind of used Alex Neal's kind of style. Um, didn't really change too much. I didn't think it more kind of stayed the same, in my opinion. But again, Frankie was more that calming presence on the team. Um, not much kind of shouting going on. It was more of kind of, you know, keeping the players happy, keeping the players on side, and then, you know, just hoping that results kind of came too. Yeah, when when Alex came in, obviously Simon leaving was through Simon's own choice, but then obviously Alex ended up getting sacked, um, and obviously Frankie ended up getting sacked. Could could you sort of tell that the pressure was getting to them both toward the end of their time, like as a player, or is it is it a bit different for a goalkeeper? Because obviously you're working with like Kells or Mike Pollitt or whoever it was at the time. Mm. Is it a little bit more that you're not involved so much with the main group? I mean, I don't don't really know how it works. I know at Exton, obviously the keepers have got your own area in front of the big. Is it the front of the big trees? Yeah. Um, how how was that mm. sort of toward the end of the time where they were clearly both under a lot of pressure from the fans and obviously from the club as well. Um, so both ended up losing the jobs, but how, how was that from your point of view, sort of like being in, in and amongst it? Yeah, I think um, it's hard to comment, especially as a number three keeper, because you're in that, don't get me wrong, you're training full-time, you're in, in amongst the mix of it, travelling everywhere. Um, but because you, I've never really played at that point, it's hard to comment. But being there, you can see that, we, it just something just wasn't clicking. I don't know what it was, whether it was, um, you know, kind of things on the training pitch, things going on off the pitch. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a results-based game, isn't it? And results weren't going the right way. And, you know, after a few results, you can tell that the fans weren't happy. And then sometimes change is healthy, isn't it? And I think, you know, sometimes... If if you keep persisting and it doesn't work, you have to kind of check, you have to do something. So obviously the club made that decision to to sack the manager and then you know you kind of move on. That's football, isn't it? But results just weren't really happening at the time, and you just kind of got felt for the place that it was a little bit run down and it wasn't really the kind of happy, thriving pressing that everyone want, wanted to see at the time. What? What were, what were you thinking when the two changes happened and the new managers come in, obviously Alex coming in and then Frankie? Like you said, as, as a number three, I, I guess it's sort of a bit different. But are you ever thinking at any point when they came, like, oh, I'm maybe going to get a bit of a, a shout here, maybe in the odd cup game or like maybe yeah. step up to number two? Like, did, did Was there ever a point where you did think you, you maybe get a bit more of an opportunity? Yeah, so I think under Alex Neal, I, I, it was very hard to kind of get any sort of opportunities. You know, I've spoken to him quite a few times about going out on loan and it just never happened. And it, it was never a case of that, the, the, you know, I didn't want to go out on loan. I was always questioning, knocking on that door, wanting to go and play. Um, and that was the most frustrating thing. It wasn't me that that wasn't going out on loan. It was the club that wasn't actually letting me. Um, but it was because of the situation that we had. You know, we had, we had three keepers. There was, I think there was me, um, me, Deck and Maxi for a long time. Um, and obviously the only time I was allowed to go out was when we had four, which was when uh, Michael Crow came in. And that obviously freed me up to go and try and get some games. But 
you know, after that, even when, when Crowey left, I was still I was still under contract by the club, still wanting to go and get games, but you know, it just never happened. There was opportunities there. I mean, I remember Fleetwood um Fleetwood rang up asking um to take me on an emergency loan because they needed a keeper um for a week and obviously at the time that would have been perfect for me. League one would have got three games, maybe four. Um and you know, who know if you do well there, you, who knows it, it it's just good for your CV, isn't it? But, you know, it just never happened. But, but I think when, when Frankie did get the job, I kind of felt that, you know, I might get a chance under Frankie. He seems like he wants to give younger lads a chance. He gave um, Joe Rodwell his debut, um, from what I remember. So he, he kind of gave this image to me and that I, I feel a little bit sorry for you. Um, and when I had the chat with him, it was like... Um, you will get a chance, um, you know, whether it's out on loan, whether it's in cup games, you you will get that chance. But, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't come. And, you know, constantly kept asking and kept knocking on the door, kind of saying, you know, what's going on? Can I go out on loan? Um, but it was just the same answer every time from the club, really. It was a case of, sorry, we've got three keepers. If anything happens to the first two, you're going to be needed. Um and again, it's that circle of being a number three, just frustration, really. Which I suppose that's why now you've decided, obviously, it's the time to go and play. Um, you did you did go out on loan, didn't you? You went to, to Bury um, in the 2018-19 season. Was that under Ryan Lowe? Yeah, so that was under Ryan Lowe, for <laughs> enough, yeah. How, how was that going there? That was good, Um Obviously, a great experience. It was um, so Brian Jensen was the goalkeeper coach there. Um, again, another goalkeeper coach that I've worked with, who's a really big figure, and everyone will know, probably know his name, who who likes football. So, yeah, that was great. It was, um, but again, found it hard to get into the team. I was, I think, I was more signed at the time as cover. Um, there was me and Joe Murphy, who is who at, at the time had gone. You know, 500 plus football league games. Um, so I think as a manager, you've got a young 18, 19 year old lad from Preston who's played one game, and you've got, you know, I think it's 34 year old Joe Murphy who's played 500 plus. If I'm a manager, I think I know who I'm going to pick there. Um, and it's Murph. It's a simple question. You know, you're going with experience, aren't you, when you're pushing to get promoted? Um, so, you know, you're hoping for some sort of lack of form, an injury or something like that to get in the team. But, you know, unfortunately it just didn't happen. We were winning every week, to be fair. And obviously Barry went on that year to win the league, uh, uh, get promoted. So, you know, it's one of those things. That's football, isn't it? Four, four appearances in the Cup. Were they sort of learning points for you as well? Something that you think, right, I can take this back to North End and look to kick on? Yeah, definitely. Um you know, obviously it wasn't football league games, it was it was cup games, which is fine. You know, you take any sort of games you can. But to be honest, I think what I the best thing I got from that loan spell was probably the pre-season. Um I went in there, I signed for Berry on the Thursday, and on the Friday night we played Rangers away um at Ibrox in front of fifty-two thousand, I think it was. So that was obviously a big eye opener. I think I was preparing for Bamba Bridge with Preston. 
um, which was going to be on that Saturday, and then ended up playing at Ibrox on the Friday night in front of 50,000. So, yeah, again, something that you don't really, you know, it just happened overnight, really. Yeah. Again, you just have to get your head around it, and you're like, right, I'm, I need to get myself ready. I'm playing in front of 50,000. need to be ready. It's um, significantly different than Brig on a Saturday afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, just a bit, yeah. Um, what was Ryan like to work with at Bury? Um, obviously, he's, he's ended up coming in to North End now. Was was he different at Bury than, than he was when he came into the North End? Yeah, I think his style's kind of changed a little bit. You can tell he's always had that attacking style of football that he wants his teams to get forward, score lots of goals. And that, to be fair, at Bury, that's what we did. Um, we had Nicky Maynard, who, who scored lots. Don Telford, who was a really good player at the time, um, scoring them. Um, but I think because that was his first job um, as head manager, just come, I think he'd just finished playing then. It was, it was a lot more relaxed to what it is now. It was more, you know, kind of enjoy it, but he still wanted to implement his own style. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it worked at that level. I think it was great. Um, we had a really good team and obviously ended up going to get promotion. But, you know, he was great with me at the time. I spoke to him a few times and said, you know, kind of come here on loan. I've come to play games. But at the time, he kind of explained that, you know, the situation between me and Murph, I've got two good goalkeepers, but Murph's doing well in the team. Um winning every week and that kind of gave me that mindset to go right so I know how this works now um, going forward if I have any other loan spells kind of you know that a manager's probably going to go off experience which is the case in a lot, a lot of the years to come which I've had which is unfortunate really because there's been times where I might have maybe got ahead of other keepers but because of the lack of experience that I've got it's kind of pushed me back a little bit and, and not enabled me to kick on yeah, um, obviously we've touched on Frankie. Um, when when he left and, and Ryan came in, again, are you thinking might get a bit of an opportunity here? Already sort of worked with with Ryan Lowe, he knows what I'm about and sort of it, it's a fresh start. Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, I was in two minds because I thought, like I say, didn't get a chance under Alex Neal, didn't get a chance under Frankie. Is another manager going to come in and go, because you've not had a chance under them too, I'm not going to give you a chance either. Or, you know, it could be completely different. He could come in and say, you know what, you've been here for such a long time. I feel like you deserve your chance. If you don't take it, then fair enough. We'll come to an agreement and we will, you know, we'll sort something for you and we'll make a decision. But, I think it was quite clear as soon as he came in that, you know, he was he wasn't gonna keep me. Um I was I think at the when he'd actually came in, I was actually I'd actually been in the number two spot under Frankie because it was me and Rippers and he kind of got myself in ahead of Rippers. Um and then because when Ryan Lowe came in, he put Rippers back in on the bench then to kind of force me out. And again, the reason for that was experience. Just hadn't got enough of it, yeah. um, which is obviously frustrating because there's been, like I say, loan opportunities or kind of been pushed to go out on loan, um, but teams have just been like, oh, you know, got no experience, so we're not going to take the gamble on them. 
which is obviously annoying because you're so desperate to go out and play games, but how can you get them games if you if you haven't got that experience? How can you get that experience if you can't if you haven't got the game? So it's yeah, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? It's like um you're you're banging the manager's door down wanting to go out on loan and, and get the games, get the experience, but then you know, it might yeah. might mean that you're dropping maybe a, a level further than you perhaps wanted to, but if you're thinking I can go on loan yeah. half a season, play twenty, thirty games, come back and then the next time it, it might be back up to the level that you initially wanted to go to, but you're not even getting that opportunity to begin with. So yeah, I can imagine yeah. the life of a number three keeper is probably one that's very frustrating. Yeah, really frustrating and that like I say that when I'd had that chat with the manager Ryan um and spoke about games, there was there was an opportunity there to go to Bamber Bridge, um, which I was umming and ahhing about because because the level and things like that. No disrespect to Bamber Bridge and where they're at. It was just for the stage I was at, I thought that I could play a little bit higher, um, having been in a championship club for such a long time. Um but I kind of took that loan because at the time I knew that probably wasn't going to get offered another contract off the manager at Preston. Um, I was going to be actively looking for a new club in the summer. So I thought, you know, why not? Why can't I put myself in the shop window? Who knows who's watching these games? And, you know, luckily, um, Buxton, the team are at now, watch these games and uh, they like what they saw, which has obviously given me a good chance this year to kind of, um, be able to tell them and, and show them, you know what, I've, I've played I think, six or seven games there at Bamber Bridge. I've got some clips of me playing, um, which gives them something to look at and say, oh, you know what, we've seen him play. We saw him play last year. We like him. Rather than, oh, no, you haven't played for the last four or five years. You're not going to be up to the standard, um, you know, which obviously helped me out this summer, really. Yeah. I suppose that's going into a summer knowing that you're going to be a free agent. That's probably what you want the most, isn't it? The 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 stuff that can back up that you can do what you say you can do, and obviously then go on and get a deal. Yeah. And uh, you have done. I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say that you probably your main frustrations from your time at, at North End are probably the lack of loan opportunities. Then, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, and. You know, I've said this all the time. I said, you know, it's not a case of me not wanting to play. Some people might think that just being happy to be a number three on on decent money, um, travel about everywhere, um, just be a part, be happy to be there, really. Um, but it's not been the case at all. It's it's more, you know, I've been pushing every every preseason. There's been a knock on the manager's door saying, you know, what's the situation? Can I go out this summer? Um, but you know, it's just been the same answer. Um, and there was the time um, when I'd signed my, the last contract that I got offered, it was the two-year contract before, um, just before, well, it was actually as the pandemic was happening. So I was umming and ahhing about whether signing that because I, I thought if I sign it, I'm probably going to be in the same situation where I'm not going to be able to go out on loan. Um, there's going to be a lack of opportunities. But at the same time, it was Jonathan Gould that I'd been working with. I absolutely loved working with him at the time. He was pushing me. Um, he was he was a hundred percent going to get me out on loan. He was he had that mindset where he was determined to kind of overrule the chairman and just kind of make sure that I was out to get some games. 
Um, but ended up signing it because of the pandemic. The pandemic happened and it was more of a case of, you know, anything could happen here. This is up in the air. Um, you're getting offered good money to be at a championship club. club. You've got a stable job for the next two years. I think you'd be a fool not to sign it. Um, obviously did end up signing it, but unfortunately stayed in the same boat, which is just football sometimes. Some things work out, some things don't, but, you know, just got to keep it going really. And, yeah. you know, the decision summer to not to not be at the club is probably the right one for my career path yeah. going forward. Like you said, though, you know, signing that contract, it secures your future for two years and probably gives you a bit of... Um... A bit of like confidence knowing like next two years. Granted, I might not be playing, but the world's in a weird place at the minute, so I know that I'm financially. Yeah. I can look after myself. That was it. Definitely, it was it was a case of uh, you know having that stable job for the next two years. And if I would have not signed it, I probably would have regretted it because you know again I w- I would have been in that situation there where I've had no experience, albeit I would have been twenty one. So. I've would have been probably in a better position there for a club to look at me and go, "Wow, well, he's still at a very young age for a keeper. We'll we'll take him and we'll give him a chance, whether that be a League Two club or a Conference club." I was, I might have been looking for it at the time, um, but yeah, it was just unfortunate. Unfortunately, Goldie then left as soon as I'd signed that contract, so it was kind of like, "Oh, he's just pushed me in for so long to kind of earn this and." You know, he said all the right things to me about getting me out on loan and stuff. And then for him to leave, it was a bit of a, you know, a big kick in the teeth, really. And, you know, unfortunately, from that point, it, it just didn't work out. I suppose, though, you'd you'd only, if you didn't sign it, you'd only end up in a position where, given the pandemic and everything that happened with football, you're risking not having a future in the game because there was that many clubs that were struggling to pay the players that they already had contracted are they, re- are they going to yeah. be in a position to take a chance on someone you know so I, I guess it's that was it. it's the most sensible thing to do isn't it yeah that was it at the time as well there was a lot of clubs that were you know the money at the clubs wasn't great because of obviously what would happen with the pandemic and a lot of players were obviously unsure about the futures on, on what was going on. Um, but you, we were obviously lucky enough to be at Preston, a very stable club where um, the owner paid us throughout the pandemic. Um, we weren't furloughed at all. And obviously you have to hold your hands up to Mr. Hemmings for what he did for, for the club and for the players at the time. It was a, a very grateful gesture and something that he didn't have to do. I'm sure the club could have easily put us on furlough and, um, you know, just kind of paid us that way. But Mr. Hemmings was true to his word. He, he paid us every penny that we rode. And, you know, that just shows the type of man that he was, really. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's any doubt about the kind of man that Trevor was. Um, final few questions then from me. What What was your favourite memory from your time at North End? Favourite memory, I'd have to probably say... I'd have to say the Leeds game. You know, the... There wasn't many good ones to look back on. Obviously, there was loads behind the scenes and stuff that people wouldn't know about and obviously being with the lads and changing rooms and nights out, things like that. But, um, yeah, I'd have to look back on, on your debut. I think everyone looks back on their debut, don't they, and then talks about it. would have been even better if we'd have won the game um, and Brownie didn't knock that goal past me. But, but yeah, no, it's uh, good memories and it 
obviously give me that platform to experience playing in front of a crowd for the first time and you know really try and kick on from that point so yeah I'd have to, I'd have to say my debut definitely yeah no thanks to Brownie though yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely not um, have you got any regrets from your time at the club regrets I'd probably say just obviously not playing enough games and maybe not being there uh, probably being too nice at times probably having to settle for being a number three at certain points over the years when I definitely feel that I haven't deserved to be I definitely felt like I deserved to be higher but you know it it's all good just training 100% every week, but you've got to do something about it. You've got to knock the manager's door down. You've got to, you know, go and speak to Peter, have these conversations. And that's probably something I didn't do enough, really. Um, yeah, just would have loved the opportunity to to play in a cup game or, you know, experience that and, and experience playing at Deepdale, which I never got to do, unfortunately. So, you know, I would have loved to have that chance, but it just wasn't to be, unfortunately. Do you look back at Michael Crow's performance in the cup against Doncaster and think, if only they'd have given me a shot? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I would have wished that was me. Um, yeah, I think at the t- I was funny at the time, actually, because I'd just come back from my loan spell at Bury. Um, so I wasn't back at, back in the training ground for a long time. Really. I'd only been back for like a week and then it was the FA Cup. Um, and when I got back, I'd heard that, oh, you know, crowey has been doing quite well in training. Um, he, he's kind of earned his chance to play in the cup. So I was like, all right, well, that's, that's good then. Um, but it was more, at that time, it was more frustration in my head that not not because I'd come back from, from Bury or anything like being big-headed, not at all. It's more a case of I've, I've been at the club for, 10 would have been what would have been seven years at that point I've come through the academy and one of your own um why would you not want to give one of your own a chance kind of thing um you know, I remember thinking anything to play in that game. yeah I remember thinking the same thing at the time uh, and then thinking it even more when I was going home <laughs> but, yeah just again just frustration uh, yeah would have loved to play in that there was one there was probably one time in um where I'd played in pre-season where I thought I've got a decent chance here of getting a bit of game time. Um, I think it was the pre-season where it was me and me and Rippers, just me and Rippers. Um, we played Salford, Tranmere, um, and then that was when we played Mansfield in the Cup. I think we beat them about 5-0 at deep there. And I think that was when there was no, there was no fans in there. Um, but I'd done pretty well in pre-season to be fair I started really well um, and I just I just felt that you know that cup game would have been perfect you know Mansfield at home we ended up going on to win 5-0 um, Rippers had actually started the season we played Swansea and got beat 1-0 and then we had Mansfield in the Carabao Cup on the Tuesday so I thought you know there's only two of us at the minute Rippers play the league I'll play in the cup potentially um, and you know that might give me a decent platform to maybe kick on from. You might get a couple of, you know, conference clubs, conference north looking and going. Oh, you know, we'll take him on loan. We like what we saw, but again, just never got that chance. And I, I think it was down to experience again. You know, he's never played, didn't play at Bury, so why should we give him a chance? Who was the best player that you played with at North End? Oh, best player. Uh, 
the tough one. I think a lot of people say um, Aidan McGeady, don't they, when, when he was at the club. He, he was unreal um, in training. Absolutely unbelievable. Just what we do, work on like 1v1s and you just knew that he was going to beat the defender all the time. So you knew you were going to be faced with a shot. You had to be switched on. Um, he was obviously a brilliant player. Ben Davis was amazing. Um, really calm. Um, always used to help me out in games because he knew kind of coming through the academy what it was like to be a young player being with the first team so he was always very reassuring and and had my back um, at all times so I'd probably say them too from a defender's point of view and attacker's point of view yeah what what about keepers who was the best keeper that you were with so hard because I I love um obviously love Pickford's distribution um I'd say distribution wise he would be the best I'd say shot stopping wise, I'd say that would be Dan Everson. I think he, he just used to make saves where everyone would hold their hands up and go, "How has he saved that?" Um, and then just an all-round general goalkeeper crossing. Um, I'd say Sam Johnson. I think he was, you know, brilliant, especially being a young keeper at the time as well when he was at Preston. He was kind of he'd had the pathway that I would have liked to go on, such as starting from the bottom, doing his loans, building his way up. Um, so I used to look up to him quite a lot and obviously being a Preston lad that he was um, he was really sound to talk to and got on with him really well as well If you had to put a five-a-side team together from players that you played with who would be in it? You can include include yourself if you want but I will say only one (laughs) other person has ever included themselves Yeah, I won't be doing that Um, I'll go Pickford in goal I'll go Darnell Fisher, right back. I think he was just how aggressive he was and, you know, like his passion for playing every week. Yeah, I used to love watching that. So I'd go Darnell right back. I'd go with Ben Davis next to him. Um, so, sorry, two centre-backs, two at the back. I'd go um, Josh Brownhill, centre-mid. Um, with... Who are we putting up front? Put Callum Robinson up top. Up top. Josh with... Brownell over over Galley and Piero and it's tough in it because there's so many. But I think <laughs> obviously I I saw what he was like kind of coming through the age groups as well. Whereas a lot of people wouldn't. I know obviously at the time he was a young lad and a lot of people wouldn't have seen that. But I think even at that young age, you saw that he was like. Way above the way above the rest, and you knew that he was going to kick on. Um, and just the way he kind of struck a ball, he could hit a free kick and do that wobbler. And yeah. every time, nine out, of 10, it would be you know ninety percent accurate. So yeah, didn't, I, he, um, didn't he come through at United as well, Josh? Initially, yeah. So I think he got released from United when he was quite young, and then came to Preston, and he just kept progressing through the age groups from there. So. And obviously now um, playing in the Premier League, so you can't fault what he's done, really. He's, he's really kicked on. Um, but yeah, you could have had a few in there, 100%. Um, and Robbo up top. Of a strike. Robbo up top, yeah. That's, that leaves me one more, doesn't it? No, that's fine. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've, I've more, been yeah. pulled on yeah. this before. I've had people on and they've done a six-a-side team and I've had people tweet me saying, Jake, can you not count? I'm like, Why? 
<laughs> they've named the keeper and five outfield players. But yeah, go on. We'll have we'll have we'll have another one. Who else are you sticking up front alongside Robo? Get another one in there. Um, I'm trying to think. He'd be a good five side player. Give me some options of player strikers we've had over the years. Um, Jordan, Simon Mackinac, uh, Stevie May, <laughs> Owen Doyle, Steve Jermaine May. Beckford, Joe Garner. Yeah, I'd put Joe Garner in there. I think it, from when he was at Preston, he yeah. was just on another level, wasn't he? So I think five aside wise, he'd just he'd bring a decent. Decent work ethic and aggression to the uh, to the pitch. So yeah, I put him in there. Was he um, was he as bad in training as he was on the pitch? Not bad as in like he was a shit footballer. Bad as in like he was obviously a pain in the arse and a handful. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was just a pest. Um, but really, really sound lad. Um, he was. He used to have jokes with me quite a lot because I was obviously such a young kid. He used to be really nervous training with the first team and he used to kind of get on my back um, and give me a bit of stick. And I think he used to call me Bambi quite a lot because I was so tall and just dead skinny. Um, so, yeah, he was he was funny. And obviously still going now, so I quite a laugh with him when I see him or play against him in pre-season games or whatever. So, yeah, yeah he's a good lad, to be fair. Yeah, he's, he's promised me he'll come on uh, the podcast when he hangs up his boots. So I was this preseason, I was like, nice. is he uh, is he going to call it a day? But obviously he's not. Yeah, oh, good. yeah. Um, well, um, obviously Josh Josh Earls, my mate, isn't he? And he's there with with Garns at the minute, and he said, uh, you know, he's such a top lad, and he's still got still got a lot left to give. So yeah, yeah, he might be wait, might be waiting a few years. But I looked at it. It'll be a good one when it comes on. Anyway, um, how's Josh getting on? I've um, I've yeah. seen some seen some uh, stuff online that he's doing doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's enjoying it. Like I say, he's getting that feeling of just playing every week, and I think at that at this age now, you you just want to play. You both both kind of had that experience now of being in and around the first team. Obviously, Josh had a lot more games than what I have, but. He's had that experience of playing week in, week out, and once once you get that, you you don't want to miss out on it ever again. You just want to stay in the team and and be known as like the first choice centre half or left back, whatever he is. Uh, it's the same for me. You know, I want to be first choice. Don't want to be a number two or number three ever again. Once you get in and you get that feeling of being number one, there's nothing better, really. But yeah, uh, I think by the sounds of it, he's enjoying it and working with that manager there. So good. Um, Matt, I'll I'll hand over to you for the final word. If there's anything you want to finish on, no, all good. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, like I say, it's good to kind of give a little bit of an insight on the the past few years and the time coming up through Preston. So yeah, um, hopefully it gives you a little bit of better insight into where where I was at, at the club and and yeah, pushing on. Let's hope yeah. it get some more games under my belt now. Yeah, good luck for the uh, for the rest of the season. Hopefully you start working your way back up the ladder.